EU with Andrew is back, y'all. And tonight we are talking about the origins of the Sith. everyone, welcome back to another EU-tastic episode of Empire Radio. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Andrew. I'm Drew. And we are back! Hey, yo. With a much-requested topic. <laughs> EU with Andrew. It's been a very long time. The last one we did was December 2021. Oh, Lord. Yuzong Vong. 2021? Yeah, yeah, because you left January. I, yeah, I just gosh, where's <laughs> the time? So where's been, it's been a where's year the and time half. gone? Oh my goodness! It's been a year and a half since the last one. Yuzong Gong was the last one we did. Wow. Um, and when we requested, what do you guys want we us to do with Andrew back? And most people are like you with Andrews, and so that's what we're doing. And so this is our Here first we one. We are doing the origins of the Sith and. Next year with Andrew will probably be in December. Which? Which? Oh, what? Maybe. There might Maybe. be another one, though. Oh, we did talk R- about that. that R- s- there, there might be a surprise one. We'll keep you posted. The one that you s- super reacted to on Discord? Yeah. I, I, I personally, I really want to do that one, and I think everyone would really appreciate doing that one, but we'll talk but, about it. But you got to find the time. You got to find the time. But... I can I can find the time for that. I but, actually have to get my book back for my brother in law because he has or it. Or which one? Is it, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna spoilers, say anything right now. Spoilers. Is it a book that I have though? No, no. It's a book that. Oh, neither wait, wait, of you. Wait, 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 it's an EU. Yeah, 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 it's an yeah, EU, EU book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so you for some reason, I, I thought you were talking about Plagueis, and I was like, no. that needs to happen. No, 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 no. no, no. It was. It's something that would be suitable for October. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, no, I I remember you guys talking about that now. So I kind of want to read that though before. You should with the audiobook if we're thinking I, the same I would, thing. I mean, obviously, you really should. Anyways, if it for for those of you that are uh, watching the video version on YouTube or on the stream, what's up? Welcome. Uh, I've set my LED light behind me to the fire setting in honor of tonight's topic, just so I can set the mood a little bit more. I also set my bottom light to red. So. I saw that. Good job. It's nice. And I have a stormtrooper with a top hat. With a top hat, <laughs> with a top hat though. Whatever with a top hat. hat. <laughs> the Sith hat. So. But, yes. So, Origins of the Sith. So, because we did Origins of the Jedi type of thing. We did. Which yeah, was so. slash, like, discovery of the use of the Force. Kind of, it was kind of like a... Yeah. So, so, what's the difference between that and what we're being presented to today? So, so first and foremost, I was actually going to do another topic. I was going to, I was planning on doing Darth Nihilus, 
Ooh. and because a bunch of people wanted that one. And when I was researching for it, there just wasn't there wasn't enough. There, like there, I could have done it, but it probably would have been a bit of a shorter episode. And so I was like, I was thinking about it. And I remember the last one when we did the Origins of the Jedi. There were a few people that were like, "Yo, you should do the Origins of the Sith." Um, and I was like, that has more than enough information. And so I started researching and I realized how deep I was in <laughs> because there's so much information. Uh, but the main difference, and, and we'll talk about this in a bit, the origins of the Jedi in the expanded universe are very clean cut and pretty much straightforward. The throw your thing happened. We're, we're actually going to do a recap, so we'll get into that. But it's pretty, pretty straightforward. And some things happen, they fight some, boom, the Jedi are here. The Sith, however, are not as clean cut. Um, And it's kind of two separate branches of history kind of combining into one eventually. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But the, the whole point of this episode is to get you from the dawn of the Jedi and the Sith species up to the point where the what would be called the classic Sith Empire forms. So we're not there there's so much history there. Like there's there's just so much history that I, we wouldn't have time to go through it all. So there had to be a clear stopping point and the goal is to get us from the very early beginnings of everything to the point where they enter into the empire that is most similar to what we know today or more specifically what it was up to the point of Darth Bane which of course drastically changes into the rule of two. So, which is also a you with Andrew did. We did Darth Bane, right? We did. Yes. There, there are some, there's some, some things that happen in Darth Bane and Darth Revan. Those two that will also kind of show up there. There'll be some, some commonalities between everything. You'll, you'll hear some familiar phrases, some familiar locations and all that stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. Cool. Cool. So we've got like 20-something thousand years of history to buckle cover. Up. So buckle, buckle up. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> but before we dive into that, we need to make a final announcement, Jeremiah. That is true. We were like, we guys talked about this first, and we didn't. Yes, so. yes. That's <laughs> um, no, okay. That's okay. So we are recording this on July 7th. Oh, I was off. <laughs> July 7th. Whoa. 7th. Um, and so this will be the last episode that we can announce EmpireCon and invite people to come because by the time we do the next episode and I have to edit it, it would already be past the due date. So um, what is it? It's the 18th, right? The 19th. Yes. No, the 18th. Or 18th. So July 18th is the last day to sign up. Empire Con. So we got people signed up. We're, we're excited for these people, but we could use more. More of the merrier because yep. if it's just me, Drew, and a few people, like, we just look at each other and like, hey, what's up? But if there's more people there, it'll be a lot more fun, a lot more conversation, a lot more games. The live podcast episode in front of a studio audience of our fans would be yep. more engaging. And so, yeah, I was told that you were, you guys were going to record that in your living room and everyone was going to kind of cram in. No. Around With the table, right? Trooper. And 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 I also Drew also told me that you were going to be making your world famous deep dish pizza for everyone. No, I'm making my world famous banana bread 
Hey, hey, Which y'all. is way better than... I've had that banana bread. You have? I thought... Didn't you make some when I came that one time? When you had the pizza? Yeah. I thought no, you I, had I some... I made chocolate muffins. Muffins. Oh, yo, they were... They were Anything Jeremiah makes is great, so, so you're, you're not going to be disappointed. My world-famous banana bread will be there, so if you want to try that, I'm making three loaves because that's a single batch. It's three loaves. Yo, that's a lot of loaves. Make two batches, man. I don't have We a... could give... Okay, first of all, it takes me a minimum of two months to make a batch of banana bread, and so it's too late to... Wait, because of your what is it? What is it? Freaking polyjuice? Polyjuice potion or I something? I can't tell you my... my, my uh, <laughs> What's the what's the phrase? My it's freaking propri- polyjuice potion. My proprietary uh, process of making banana bread two takes at months. least Jeez. at least two months, and so it's too late to dang to do that. Oh, well, well, I, I will say a whole thing, but I guess not. I will say, as someone who has hang who has hanged hung out with both of you, my grammar's not working tonight. Uh, as someone who has hung out with both Jeremiah and Drew in person before many times, you're gonna have fun, like yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. So just sign up. Yeah. If you have the money, you can make it make it happen. You should. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. So get it done. We are hoping <laughs> we'll have a commercial later on for this, but we're hoping to have the VCU fully illustrated very very soon and that'll be fully edited and we'll be able to debut that at EmpireCon. Yeah, so, Jeremiah's been slaving over that thing for for yeah. many an hour. So like it's almost done. Like Dazdor's computer is barely staying alive, trying to render out this last one that he's doing. Like he's saying, it's taking forever and ever for it to render, and it's only like a minute long thing. So, do you know um, what he's using? No. Okay. I could ask him. That's okay. Don't ask. Just, don't tell. I'm just a nerd. So, but I'm just curious. Yeah. So we're excited for that. It's a lot of work. I'm kind of like, I don't know, eighty percent done with getting that done so but that's at empire con and so we love hanging out going to wesley andrews coffee and tea friday doing a rented space on saturday day during the day and then at night we have a theater rental that we'll watch a star wars film and then sunday we will be going to mall of america for a scavenger hunt so that'd be fun yep. wesley andrews is one of the top three things i miss top five i miss about minnesota what are the other four the other four, uh, you and Drew. So those are two. Ooh. Those are two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to group you together. That you're you're worth more than that. So you, Drew, Wesley, Andrews, Mall of America. Do you miss Mall of America? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dude, well, I mean, we, we have really it. nice we have really nice malls here, but there's there, it has charm. You know, it it's got its own charm. I was going to say the Mall of America thing is going to be fun, y'all. If you've never been to the Mall of America. Depending True. on your expectations, it might be a little underwhelming. But depending on your expectations, Actually, it might be overwhelming. You never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, Drew, Wesley Andrews, Mall of America, Tanner. <laughs> I miss Tanner. Tanner's great. I'm yeah. sure I'm missing something. I was going to say Raising Cane's, but we I found out we have that here. So, you know. Yep. Anyways, so you sh- like all that to say. I prefer Chick-fil-A over Raisin Cane's. Well, we have that too, so I, I can, well, that's can do either one. But, yeah, so you should you should come to EmpireCon. Yep, all right. Cool, cool. Andrew, are you ready? Yeah. 
glad right. I have a mute button on my microphone because I just sneezed. Well, I was like, I saw you jerk, and I'm like, I didn't hear oh, anything. Yeah, I was like, I, yeah. It's, I thought you were like dabbing for a second. I was like, why are you dabbing with a shirt on? Hold on, before we start, <laughs> before we start, Will just said it's bow time in the chat. And I literally had a conversation with my in-laws like two days ago about how much I miss Bojangles. Um, I know neither of you know what I'm talking about, but I miss the, I, Bose, the Bose chicken sandwich, the fries, and the bowl, sweet tea. Bowl, no, but I took, you to, I, we, I took you to cookout, and it changed your life. That's facts. I remember you were like, you kept going, there's so much food. You get so much food. I was like, yo, that's cookout staying, that, man. They, the they, price? They, oh, yeah. It's super cheap, and you get a ton of food. But anyways, I digress. All right. Everyone ready? Yep. Cookout is a, yeah. is a glorious place. Yeah, I, dude. I, I that I miss North Carolina cookout and Bojangles are top top five for me for sure. You know, my family's and our families are there, but I miss I miss the food I too. Did, I didn't know that South Carolina had alligators. <laughs> okay, random. <laughs> okay. Well, because I saw this article about this person that literally this old lady got aimed by an alligator in South Carolina. I was like, that's like a Florida thing, isn't it? <laughs> South Carolina. I would have never guessed it. I, th- I thought they didn't go past Florida, but that's, that's what fun. I'm saying. Hey, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun fact, but fun fact with Drew right there. But Drew, you sharing the. Yep. Uh, chat, let me know if you guys want it like this or you guys want the whole thing in us little. Let me know. Right now, I'm going to start with this. All right. All right, everyone. Welcome to the origins of the Sith. I don't know what that was, but I did it. All right. So I mentioned this before. Uh, we got a whole PowerPoint. Hey, dude, that's that's EU with Andrew, baby. So fun fact, Jeremiah, This you'll resonate with this. Uh, so all of my old EU with Andrew Canva files are gone. They were gone. I- why? So well, so my my wife and I did a, a purge of all of the canvas stuff months ago before I ever considered like coming back to the podcast. And a lot of the older projects that I had in there for for this podcast were purged. And because I wasn't expecting to need them ever again. And then I was like, oh sweet. I didn't realize it happened. And I when when we were I started working on this, it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna pull up an old project and use that. And I realized <laughs> I had to rebuild all of this from scratch, uh, including the logo, mind you. That logo that's on the uh, thumbnails, brand new. So anyways, but now I'm like a solid six hours into this presentation and here we are. We made it. So, all right. So like I I mentioned before, uh, there are two very distinct pathways that converge at a certain point in galactic history. That sounds so weird. I feel like a, a fake history teacher today, but it's going to be fun. There are two different points. We're going to explore both of them, uh, and it's because they both matter a great deal to the origins of the Sith as we know them. Uh, if I was just doing the Sith species, it would be like, origins of the Sith, they were there. End of story. Like So I, I wanted to push it out a little bit further. So to start, to talk about the Sith, the origins of the Sith, you have to start with the Sith. You know what I'm saying? Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. But not the Sith, the dark side users. Uh, I did keep the definitely not trash parts just for Jeremiah in here. <laughs> like the whole uh, presentation. Yeah. There's one on every slide. 
just for <laughs> Jeremiah. Um, so part one, we're starting with the Sith. We are starting specifically with the Sith species. While the name might lead you to think otherwise, the Sith were originally an alien species native to Korriban. Um, they were extremely attuned to the Force, uh, very naturally strong in the Force, so strongly it was actually believed that their entire species could use was was force sensitive and could use the force to varying degrees. So while, for example, humans or you know Wookies or whatever might have a force sensitive person born every once in a while, like it was believed that pretty much everyone could use the force to varying degrees. Um, some were st- stronger than others, obviously, but uh, yeah, they were naturally drawn to the dark side. Uh, and attuned to it because of their natural aggression. So they were a very aggressive and kind of (laughs) angry species by nature, Uh, which because of that and their attuning to the Force, they were just naturally inclined to the dark side. Um, At one point, it was even said that they learned to use the dark side of the Force specifically to sustain themselves. It was like that symbiotic of of a relationship. Uh, but through the course of their evolution, they eventually became a more or less advanced civilization. They were still very tribal and kind of rudimentary, but advanced as far as language and, and economies and, 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 and stuff like that. Uh, with they, when they evolved into a civilization, of course, with that came kingdoms and rulers, naturally, as a part of that. The interesting thing is that they developed into a very rigid caste system, extremely rigid, uh, which is not surprising for dark side users, that eventually led to the development of subspecies uh, along those caste lines accelerated by dark side alchemy. So one of their big things um, was alchemy, like Sith alchemy. Um, Think like some of the stuff that Sidious might have done in the Clone Wars or the, the, the Night Sisters on Dathomir, stuff like that. Uh, but it was an early form of that. Um, and they physically changed over the course of millennia their, their shape and their appearances based on this caste system because of the alchemy. Um, so the first caste and the highest of them is the Kisai. Uh, pre, they were priests. They, they were called priests, but they were intellectuals. It's extremely strong in the force. Maybe not as physically powerful, but very powerful in the force. Dedicated to the, the pursuit of knowledge and, and you know, kissing. learning about the force. Huh? And kissing? No. Get, get out. Oh. <laughs> uh, boo. <laughs> um, well, like, look at those lips, though. They're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they, it's, it's like a mustache. I know. It's it was like a joke. A... Oh, okay. I knew it was a mustache. <laughs> it was the hey. same color as her lips. I was like, oh, this yeah. kind of looks like a. So I, this this brings me to a good point. So it, it was surprisingly difficult to find images of the Sith. There's not a lot of media, visual media, I should say, on it. There are some comics and stuff, but even like even those are kind of difficult to find. So I had to pull from anywhere and everywhere that I could. But anyways, uh, so they are the highest cast. They were the most privileged, the most influence, etc. Just below them, the Zugaruk, which were basically engineers. They were intelligent, extremely smart. They handled the technology and the building and stuff like that. Uh, they were not as strong in the force, though. So therefore, they did not have as high of a spot in the cast system. Where do you laughing just, at? Is it just me or does that guy look like if 
uh, grew was a cis. <laughs> Doesn't it look kind of like grew just a little bit, a little bit. just a little bit. Uh, the interesting thing about this Sith is that they have like this weird tan color skin that like that wasn't a thing. I don't know where this artist's depiction came from, but like that wasn't really a normal thing. But the next the next cast underneath the engineers were the Masasi. Uh, they were warriors and they had that characteristic kind of big, like almost headdress kind of scaly looking thing on them. Yeah. Uh, they were not intelligent, but extremely powerful in battle. So you're brutes. Gotcha. They would charge wreck people. But if you, you, you wouldn't ask them to think about anything really, you know, make decisions. That wouldn't be a thing. Uh, and, and then of course I, I didn't put this in. <clears throat> this in here um but the the lowest of the cl- the cast were slaves um they had throughout the millennia uh they enslaved one another and eventually enslaved other species and races and they treated them extremely poorly like they regarded them as dirt so classic dark side aligned people am i right uh so of course with all that comes the fact that as they developed they were constantly at war with one another not necessarily surprising because you see that all through history with the sith in varying to you know stages of development but they were always at war with one another so there's your primer in the sith species moving on to part two any questions so, like you said, like earlier, they had like a civilization with rulers and stuff. Yep. So, like, if that's like established and there's a caste system, like, why was there war between each other if there was like that system put in place? Or was so, it like yep. countries kind of all had the same caste system, but S- countries? Great question. Great question. So, they were very tribal. Um, so they, they, they developed into a single civilization that was fractured into tribes and kingdoms. Um, you, you're going to see the development of, of the alternative here in part two. However, up until that point, there were many rulers, many different smaller kingdoms. And of course, within those, the, the caste system remained. So they had you know the priests in one place as the same as the other place. Um, you know, hopefully that answers your question, but basically they were extremely fragmented and they, in, in the search for power over their geographical neighbors, they constantly were at war trying to subjugate the other people. It it, it was really nasty. It was was pretty bad. (laughs) Okay. But great question though. Any other questions? No. Sick. No. Drew? No. You good? Okay. No. Part two, the reign of the axe. So this is where things begin to change in the Sith species history. So right now, remember, we are only focusing on the Sith as a species. Uh, in approximately, it's hard to, it's really hard to pin the exact date, but in, in approximately 28,000 BBY, Korriban is finally united for the very first time under someone named King Addis. Um, there are no pictures of Otis without his armor. 
but it was said that he had black skin, which was extremely rare for a, a, a native Sith, pure blood. Uh, very, very rare. And because of that, the priests pretty much immediately started looking at him as some sort of a savior, some sort of a special person that was born with some sort of a significance. There wasn't like a prophecy or anything, but they saw his skin and they were like, whoa, we got something special here. So he had black skin and he was extremely, very naturally, extremely powerful in the force. Again, one of those things that the priests were like, hey, yo, might have something here. Uh, but he rose to power and uh, eventually, through the use of Sith alchemy, created his set of black armor and a dual set of axes that he used in battle. So remember, at this point, there are no energy weapons. This is all blades and armors, very medieval-style weaponry at this point in the galactic history. And so he has these two axes, and that's how he became known as the Axe. Um, he ruled Korriban for 300 years. And the most interesting thing is that he is the first... Uh, Sith in recorded history to be referred to as the Sith Ari. Now, for those of you that are very familiar with the Darth Bane story, you'll be familiar with the term Sith Ari, but it means something very different. And we'll, we'll talk about the differences later, but in this case, we are not referring to the prophetic Sith Ari that will destroy the Sith and rebuild them into something new. This literally means in the Sith native tongue, overlord. So he is the first overlord of all of the Sith people united as one. Uh, he was the first and really the only person that was ever strong enough to do that and to lead them as a people cohesively. Fun. Yep. But of course, there's always, there's always someone else in the galaxy, right? Well, up until this point, the Sith had been completely isolated up until about 27,700 BBY. They're completely isolated. So remember, Korriban is in the Outer Rim. Um, it's worth noting that at the beginnings of the galaxy, except for the Rakata, which we'll hit on here in a second, most of civilization had developed around the core. So we're talking Coruscant, Tython, a few of the other places around the core. And it took a very long time for them to venture out into space because for the longest time, they didn't have hyperdrive. So they literally, uh, in one of the videos that I was watching, um, it was one of the like full galactic history videos, it mentioned that they would literally freeze themselves in carbonite because it took them so long to travel from one place to the other sublight yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking hundreds of years for a journey. Oh. Uh, so it was very difficult for people to get out and especially get as far as the Outer Rim. So they are completely undisturbed as a people. They're in isolation in their own echo chamber. But then that changes in 27,700 BBY because the Rakatan Empire discovers them. Now, those of you familiar with Revan's story and the origin of the Jedi story will be very familiar with the Rakatan Empire Basically, they were an extremely evil, extremely vile, dark side-aligned people, alien species, that were the first to figure out hyperdrive travel. Um, they, they were the ones who created the Starforge that 
is very big in the uh, Knights of the Old Republic story. They were extremely advanced. Like they had technology no one else had. Uh, we'll talk about this later, but they had um, force sabers, which were the first like energy-based lightsaber type weapons. Super smart, extremely evil, extremely powerful. And one of the things they did when they started taking over the galaxy and exploring is they would initially be drawn to very force-sensitive, very force-heavy planets. So, of course, Korriban, being so naturally attuned and very strong naturally in the dark side, they're like, their GPS just like told them to make a right turn, and they ended up there. Uh, so it was their first outside contact, the Sith's outside contact with anyone up until this point. So the Rakatan Empire arrives, and they realize that they're probably not going to be able to take them by force. They, they, were, they fully intended to take them, but they were like, Eh, these these people are a little too powerful to just like come in here and wipe everybody out like we normally do. So they attempted to draw King Otis into a sense of false security, basically a, get him to let his guard down before they you know strike. They do the trap. This is pounce. I don't know. Like a cat pounce. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what this is. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so uh, the interesting thing is they started with. They, they approached him and basically said, there are things about the dark side that we can teach you, uh, and there are technologies we can give you. So they started teaching him these things. This is, interestingly enough, this is where holocron technology comes from in the Sith. The Rakatans were the one who taught the Sith about that, which ends up becoming a iconic staple of, like, the Sith in the, I mean, in canon too, but, like, in the expanding universe, like, Everyone's looking for the holocron of some, you know, long dead Sith Lord, and they're looking to get powerful. Darth Bane does it. Darth Revan does it. Everyone's doing it. It's the new, it's the new thing, you know. It's a trend. It's, yeah, it's the trend. So they, they're like, hey, we want to give you knowledge. We want to give you this, these technologies. It's worth noting that like the Sith were heavily attuned to the dark side and used the dark side a lot, but it was still a very primal kind of instinctive use of the dark side at this point. And the Rakatans were the ones that, that came in and they were like, here's how to hone it into something truly evil and truly more powerful than you are experiencing now. So they're like, we're going to offer you all of this knowledge, right? They, they taught them to delve deeper into the true nature of the dark side. Um, and soon enough, King Otis took these things, his people took these things, and they began learning all of this stuff with with the Rakatan. Um. The interesting thing is that King Otis in, eventually discovers their plot, and and it's not really, it's not really said how, but a, him or one of his advisors is like, "Yo, the Rakatans are about to stab you in the back," and he's like, "No, no, we're not doing that." So they he rallies his people. They enter into a very brief war with the Rakatan people, uh, and the Rakatans are defeated. The interesting thing about that is that the Sith were the first species to ever beat the Rakatans in battle. They were that powerful. Up until that point, the Rakatans had literally come through the, the galaxy unchallenged and just subjugated people, took them over, killed people. I mean, they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. And then the Sith were the first ones to be like, nope, we're not doing that. Uh, the the only unfortunate thing is that in the process, King Otis is killed towards the end of the war, and Korriban at this point is left 
a desolate wasteland, uh, very uninhabitable. Um, so they won. They claimed their victory. They were the first to beat the Rakatan people, but it came at a very heavy cost. Any well, questions? Anybody? Anybody in the chat? There was like a three-minute delay, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> Not that much, but... No, that's... I do remember the name, the Rakatans, and those weird heads that they have. <laughs> this is a weird... Yeah. They were... It's like, um, like a nerdy species, but they're like super evil and powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were... Um, they were really big in the origins of the Jedi story. And they were also like an integral part of KOTOR. Like, cause the whole thing in KOTOR is, is trying to find the star forge and the star forge is the Rakatan super weapon that they built, um, you know, thousands of years before. So they, uh, in the EU, they're kind of the first like major threat to the galaxy. And they were because, I mean, the Republic really hadn't been formed yet. They didn't have a military. Like, the the Jedi or even the Jedi Order in, in either form wasn't really a thing. Uh, they were towards the end of the Rakatan Empire. But uh, in one of the sources that when I was reading about this, after this defeat, so it, it's mentioned that they didn't have a, a very long rule after this defeat. But that rule was 2,000 more years. So they, they were the main force in the galaxy, in large parts of the galaxy, and they, they ruled for 2,000 more years. But in terms of the span of their empire, it was, very, it was a very short period of time after that defeat. Right. Um, but they, th their empire was literally called the Rakatan Infinite Empire. Like, they had that much clout. <laughs> so, anyways. But yeah, any questions so far before we move on to part three? No. Sweet. All right, part three. We're picking up right after the defeat of the Rakatan Empire in a divided empire. So, after I'm, or like I mentioned, King Otis is killed. He was the only force being that had ever un truly united the Sith on Korriban. Uh, so, obviously, there's going to be a power vacuum following his death. So they, they beat the Rakatans and everything, and then they're kind of sitting there, and they're going, okay, well, what now? Uh, so the species became extremely fractured again, uh, similar to what they were before. Um, it was, it, one thing that was really interesting is that they, they co-opted Rakatan hyperdrive technology that had been left during the struggle uh, and actually figured out ways for interplanetary like hyperspace travel. Uh, so some of the some of the cis species like literally fled. They they got out of there. Um, they were like Corbon sucks to live on. It's this desolate wasteland now. We're out. So they they some of them left. Um, so many of the remaining Kisai priests at the time were like, okay, well now that Otis is dead, time for a new ruler. And I'm and they all collectively said, I'm gonna be that ruler. <laughs> Classic Sith. Uh, and they began fighting and trying to take Otis's place, which literally led to 20,000 years of constant war for the Sith species. 20,000. Fun. So they, 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 they wanted power so bad and so frequently that for 20,000 years they continued to fight one another. 
there were there was one you know king quote king after the other uh, searching for ultimate power one after the other, um, and there was just this constant cycle of someone rising to power, they don't really cut it, they get killed. Someone else rises to power. It's just this vicious cycle. Um, the interest, the the really the main takeaway from this section is that during this time, Adis became idolized because of what he was able to do and his title Sith Ari like I mentioned before became synonymous with a perfect dark side being one that would eventually destroy the Sith and remake them into something greater this was when the prophecy of the Sith Ari was made uh, by one of the priests it's it's very difficult to pinpoint the exact time um, but it was first written we do know this it was finally written down in 6900 BBY so so like 20,000 years later they uh they the the priest regarded the prophecy as so sacred that they just passed it down verbally generation to generation once it was made uh so yeah this this is interesting because this parallels the prophecy of the chosen one in many ways uh but instead of bringing balance to the force the Sith Ari is going to just destroy the Sith and remake it into something stronger than it was before, which is very interesting to me. Uh, so then no Sith King got close, remotely close to what Otis accomplished until 7,000 BBY. So we've gone from like 26,000 BBY. We've jumped 20,000 years, about 20,000 years to, to 7,000 BBY. At this time, a Sith by the name of Hakagram Grosh rose to power, and he was really the first ruler to get remotely close to what Otis did. There's not much about him, but it is very clear that he was like kind of hot stuff at the time, if you will. However... Uh, during his rule in 6700 BBY, so about 300 years later, everything would change. But before we talk about everything changing, we have to stop and kind of revisit the Sith from the opposite end, the, the other history that I mentioned. Uh, so while all this is happening, something else is going on throughout history that we will discuss here in just a second. All right, cool. Well, we are going to take a little commercial break for the VCU, which is almost done, but we still got to play it until it is done. So Ayo. <laughs> let's take a listen to our good friend, Lucy. Hey everyone, Lucy here, and I'm pleased to tell you that some of my fellow Empire Radio listeners and I made a fantastic original Star Wars audio drama, all through sending voicemails to the pod. It's called the Voicemail Cinematic Universe. Here's the thing, we need your help. The Empire's goal is to get an illustration made by us listeners for every single voicemail, and we have quite a ways to go. So if you have any sort of artistic abilities, join the crew. Any type of media is welcome. Lego scenes, digital art, paintings. You could even make food art. If you answer this call to action, there's a link in the description that leads directly to a Google Doc. It tells you exactly how to submit your art. 
This whole VCU project will be 100% fan-made, and we can't wait to see everyone's work. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. Do, do it. it. Yes, so as of right now... July yeah. 9th. 7th. Just kidding. Yeah, July 7th. I don't 7th. think you were. <laughs> no, um, I was. I wanted okay. to bring the um, joke back. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, there was... So, right now, two people have called dibs. And assuming that those get sent in, which I know they're working on, there's only two left to illustrate. So, right now, go click the link in the description. Right there, there's a direct link to the Doodle... The Doodle Doc. The, the Doodle Doc. <laughs> which is kind of... It's kind of on... It's on brand, yeah. Kind of. But the Google Doc, there's two left that you can send me an email. Or if you're in the Discord... Just send me a message and say, hey, you want to do this one? You should and be in the Discord. You should be in Discord. Join we'll Discord. talk about that. Yeah. Um, I will cross it off for you and give you like a week to get done before I take it off again or whatever. We'll talk about it. But yep. it's almost done. Two slash four left. So I'm excited. I can't really fully finish it until like I can get the, everything into this so I can figure out transition stuff. I got it mostly down to what, how I want to transition. I got like chapter breaks and whatnot, but sick. Like, I just want to get it done. <laughs> I've been working on this a yeah, lot. Please, please do it. If, if you're not going to do it for the VCU, which is more than enough reason, do it for Jeremiah. Feel because as a, as a video editor, I know how much of an, like I, I fully understand how much of an undertaking this project is. And I know how much he wants it to be done. So do it for Jeremiah. Yes. And also, I, I we, we don't, haven't mentioned this in a while, but Lucy and Addie are, have written a 10-part a audio drama sequel for this story. That's impressive. And she's Lucy has said on her podcast, like, hey, we're hoping to launch episode one on like September, like sun first Sunday in September or whatever it is, which would just be a couple of weeks after EmpireCon. So that's her hope, and she's hoping that you know she can watch the VCU full thing at EmpireCon, and then two weeks later, the continuation of the story on her podcast can be. So we don't want to delay Lucy. Like her and Eddie yeah. been working a lot on this. They've working on this for do like it for Jeremiah. Like, do it for Lucy. Do it for Eddie. Do it for Addy. Do it for Empire Radio. I mean, you've got four great reasons right there. And I may or may not have my voice acting debut as myself. I may or may not. I don't know. What? You don't know. So do it okay. for me, Lucy, Addy. Do it for the, the VCU. Do it for... Do it for the Vine, you know? <laughs> the Vine. The Vine. I can't believe the, Vine. The crazy thing is there are probably some listeners... For this podcast that don't know what Vine is. That is true. That is insane. It makes me feel like a Dad. an old person. And if they don't know what Vine is, that means they don't know what MySpace is. Yo. I That's had a I had a you hot can, streak on MySpace. You can everybody did, but you can still log into MySpace. Like yeah. like once a year for some reason I just like log into it. But like it's but nothing's the, on there, right? No, it's all your your still stuff is all still there. But it's, music isn't though, right? Probably, I don't know. But it's the formatting of profile pages and stuff is terrible. 
It's the mm. worst formatting of anything I've ever seen. Like, it's easier for me to use a Mac than it is to, 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 to like, navigate my space. <laughs> um, Shots fired. That being said, VCU, two left. Two Shoot left. me an email. I can let you call dibs. Do it. Do it. Yeah, I love how that entire time, during the break, the entire time you're talking, Drew's over there playing with a Boba Fett toy. Is he? Is that what he's doing? Yeah, he has a he has a what is that a Black Series figure? No, it's a it's a, those oh. build ones. But I found it because it's missing pieces and big clicks. Oh, okay, not really. All right. Well, oh yeah, Drew. Uh, we had a hot take last week, just for you and Boba Fett, which nobody knows about, so they're really confused. But eventually, someday you confused. will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away, but we we did a special recording and it had something just for Drew and that I would have probably made him there. sad. Anyways, <laughs> on that okay. note, <laughs> on that note, uh, all right, we ready to get back into it? Yes. All right. So just to recap here, up until this point, the entire thing, uh, the entire story has been focused on the Sith as a species. Because remember, they were a thing before the Sith as the dark side force-using group was around. They were a thing far before that. Um, and I, I think a lot. one thing that a lot of people who might not know the story of the Sith and know mu much about the EU, I think the question that comes to mind a lot for people is like, how did the species as the Sith solely become the Sith order that we know today. Like what, what, what was that transition like? And so to get to that transition point, as I mentioned earlier, we have to kind of hit this from two different angles. So the first with the Sith species, and now we need to go all the way back to the Jedi, uh, the origins or the origins of the Jedi order and that subsect of force users. So uh, we did this in a previous E with Andrew episode. So if you want to know a like super, super in-depth explanation, you want to hear that whole thing about the origins of the Jedi, I would highly recommend going and watching that. But to give everyone a little bit of context, if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome, by the way. Uh, part four is going to be a short recap of the beginnings of the Jedi because it's a very important context. All right, so many of you might remember the Tho Yor. So approximately 36,453 BBY, the Thoyor land on multiple planets. Uh, so the planets included Ando Prime, Kashyyyk, Ryloth, Dathomir, and Manan, which Manan is, is, a, is a reference to a planet that you play on in KOTOR. So fun, fun fact there, if you played KOTOR, you remember, you remember Manan. Uh, they, so they land and then a, a undisclosed amount of time passes, but it's a very long period of time. People begin to worship these things. They kind of build civilizations around them. And then eventually they draw the inhabitants in to the Thoyor. They open up, they draw, they, they draw them in through the force. It's kind of a, it's kind of a call to force users that can sense those things. They enter, uh, the Thoyor then take the inhabitants through space, picking up a few others on the way to Tython, the deep core world of Tython um, that is, if you remember, extremely attuned to the Force. Very, very, very much attuned to the Force. 
which we'll talk about in a second. And then each of the Thoyor become a temple. So if you're watching the video, uh, that top image is uh, a section from the comic that we touched on where the Daibindu are going into the Thoyor. And then, of course, the bottom image is the nine uh, Thoyor uh, becoming the different temples. Really quickly, the Jedi temples, they had nine of them. Uh, there was one temple of balance that was the most sacred of all the temples, and then they had temples for, for everything. There was a temple for, for forging weapons, because, again, they used metal weapons. There was a temple for martial arts. There was a temple for force skills. There was a, they, there was a temple called the Padawan Temple, which is where the word Padawan comes from, which was just the beginning. It's where all the, the young Jedi went to start their journeys. They had a temple for, like, force skills. They, they had one for everything. And young Jedi, when they began, when they left the Padawan temple and began their journey to become a knight, they would do a pilgrimage throughout Tython and visit each of the temples, stay there certain periods of time, learn different skills, and then move on. It's a pretty cool system. So they called them, after a while, they called themselves the Jedi. Um, they began learning the ways of the Force ever focused on achieving balance. It, balance was very important to them, like I mentioned before, because Tython was so attuned to the Force that when a, a large-scale sense of balance was not kept, the planet would literally react through storms, extremely devastating storms, natural disasters like earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and stuff like that. So when they, were, when they, when they entered periods of conflict or whatever and there was more darkness the planet would like literally pop off a little bit and they'd be like whoa 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 you got to get back into balance so everyone after a certain period of time everyone basically was searching for balance in inside themselves and of course as a people question yes um so what if it was like imbalanced to the light side was, was that also a negative effect to the planet it or, didn't. Or so how it did they? Say, how did they define balance to the force, balance? which is an interesting thing, like just not using the dark side or? No, 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 no. They so the last point they were actually encouraged to explore the dark side of the force. So the goal was to explore both aspects of the force, while never going completely one way or the other. So, for example, you were encouraged to seek peace and tranquility and 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 meditate towards those things and find a sense of that in yourself but you were also encouraged to not deny your emotions and deny your passions de deny your anger but you're never supposed to get too angry you're never it's never supposed to lead you to conflict you know what i'm saying it's it's finding a point in between the two in which you pull from the dark you pull from the light but you yourself are in the middle constantly if that makes sense so realistically, there wasn't a point of overwhelming light on the planet because the default was a, a sense of balance. It's more so just things started going wrong and then the planet exploded to some degrees and they were like, well, we got to get back into balance. If that makes sense. Right. Yep. Uh, as a result, it was extremely difficult and very dangerous for non-Force users to remain on Tython. So as they had families and, and children and expanded more. Eventually, non-Force-sensitive people were born, 
it became far too dangerous for them to stay on the planet. And eventually they had to send the non-Force users off-world to the other core planets at the time. Uh, so after a while, it is just Jedi, just Force users on the planet maintaining balance. Uh, they did go out eventually to serve the the outside planet. So they, they um, had what was called Jedi Rangers, which was the equivalent of a Jedi Knight that would go out some of them would like leave Tython after their training and not return for many years. They would just kind of fly around and act as marshals. Um, they would react to struggles, you know, different things that were happening based on requests of planets, but also as the Force led them. Um, so yeah, so that that is the Jedi kind of in a nutshell. Of course, if you want to go back and listen to the podcast, we go into much more detail on that. But part six is when balance, or part five, excuse me, is when balance is, is shattered for the first time for the Jedi. So uh, I think we, I think we actually touched on this a little bit in the podcast episode. Uh, but the, um, the novel, I think it's Into the Void. Dawn of the Jedi Into the Void touches on this a little bit as well, and it's a, it's a really good story if you haven't read it. Uh, in but in twenty five thousand seven hundred and ninety three BBY, the Rakatan Force Hound named Zesh with an X crash lands on Tython and brings with him what is called a Force Saber. So the Rakatan Empire had what was called Force Hounds, and they were non Rakatan Force sensitive beings, uh, humans, and and some other species that were very highly trained. It, they were they acted as they could be assassins, but they also worked to basically kind of sniff out force users for either capture or to, to be killed. That's why they kind of they took the name Force Hounds. Um, but Zesh is the one that kind of brings this massive change to Tython because he brings with him the Force Saber, which is something that they had never seen before. So in if you're looking at the presentation, the bottom picture is kind of an example of what a jedi sword might be so it was said that there was a crystal that and it was it's never explicitly stated if it's kyber or not but there's a crystal in the hilt of the sword and when they're making their sword they go through a, a ritual where they go deep into the force and they basically meld the crystal and the metal of the blade together as one and then imbue the crystal with force energy and it and it takes on this kind of like symbiotic force relationship with the wielder in a similar way that the lightsaber and the kyber crystal do, where it's like, you know, you could pick up someone else's sword, but it's not going to be as effective as if the original user is is wielding it because of their connection to the force. Um, so it it was kind of like a... All of the depictions look kind of like katanas, but not at the same time. Anyways, so up until that point... They had never seen an energy-based weapon before, and of course, when he brings the Force Saber, it like blows their mind. So the Force Saber, again, is a predecessor to the lightsaber. Um, there was a crystal in the hilt, this metal hilt, very similar to the lightsaber, except the main difference is that there is no power source in the hilt of a Force Saber. The power source for a Force Saber is the dark side of the Force, and it's only the dark side of the Force. Um, at this point in time. So you had to embrace the dark side of the force to a certain degree to be able to get it to ignite. 
uh, and it, there's a comic, there's a, a a comic where a lot of these images have been pulled from uh, on the Dawn of the Jedi. And when he first arrives, it's like there's even sections where the Jedi pick it up and they can't get it to work because they're not attuned enough to the dark side in one direction to to make it ignite uh, the way he can. But they become increasingly interested in using it. Um, it's also worth mentioning that this was this was one of the Rakatan inventions. That, I think I mentioned that before, but this was one of the things that they created and was one of the technological advances that helped them kind of lord over the other species that they uh, conquered. Um, but this single thing <laughs> led them to a point where their balance would, would be shattered. This like single thing. Because some people wanted to use it, and some people were like, no, we don't need it. <laughs> and of course, the people who really wanted to use it had to accept and embrace the dark side more. Makes sense. Right? So, the Force Wars. <laughs> so, this led to uh, part of the, the Jedi aligned themselves with Ashla, which is the light side of the Force. You might recognize that name from Rebels, even, uh, or Ahsoka. Um, but there were two moons orbiting Tython that they named Ashla and Bogan, and one was really light and pretty, one was dark, and they used that to kind of signify and, and inform their understanding of the dark and light sides of the Force. So some of them aligned with Ashla, some of them aligned with Bogan, the dark and the light. Uh, obviously, the ones that aligned with, with Bogan wanted the, the fancy sword. Uh, the result of this schism was known as the Force Wars. It was a decade-long conflict, so a full 10 years of conflict between these two groups of people, uh, constant fighting among what's, what were once very united allies. This is the first time there's a, a big fracture like we see here. In the end, around 25783 BBY, it left Tython, which was deeply attuned to the Force, absolutely devastated and uninhabitable. So that was the main, the, the main effect that happened is like they're fighting. Tython is, has no idea what to do. It, it, just, it just freaks out. And begins destroying itself and stuff. Uh, so I wonder, I wonder if, even though technically you know this isn't canon, but yeah, I wonder if this like destruction of Tython is why Tython in the Mandalorian is deserted and there's nothing there. Like if it's possible, it's the same thing. As it's it's very it's very possible. In the EU, they had to leave Tython, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but one aspect of the, the, the Jedi leaving is because it needed to heal itself. Like, the, the planet needed to physically go through a, a period of millennia of, like, just being untouched so it can reset because the damage from this was so bad. So, it's possible. So, I'm trying to remember, though, like, when... Ahsoka tells Mando to bring Grogu there. Mm -hmm. Did she say there was a Jedi temple there? Is that what she said? Like I don't or, remember. Or what was there's a temple there? I, I can't remember. 
that I think it was like there's a temple that's like super strong in the force or right. something like that. But I wonder but, if she mentioned Jedi Temple or not. Like I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's one of the reasons why I was really excited when they mentioned Tython because I was like, oh, this is this is the this is the big boy planet where you like have to be force sensitive to basically survive there because everything's cur- like all the animals and stuff were force sensitive too. <laughs> so like. <laughs> You have like force dinosaurs running around that are super strong, you know? Uh, but yeah, like it, it ravaged Tython. Um, so at this time, the followers of the light the, of Ashla renamed themselves as the Jedi. This is where they fully adopted what would be the four letter word that the, the order would be come, you know, come to be known as for many millennia. Um, the interesting thing is that they, the Jedi at the time, were like, okay, we won the war. So they won eventually. And they're like, we can't just leave these people alone. Big distinguishing factor between the normal Jedi order, and this actually happens another time, which we'll talk about, but they were like, it's not just enough to win. We really need to make sure this doesn't happen again. And so they, they, mounted a final assault and actually killed the rest of them <laughs> so good job jedi you, you did it you did the thing so at this point they are solely a group of light side force users and they leave tython because it's uninhabitable uh sublight so it takes them a really long time but they settle on a planet called Ossus, where they uh, will be based for a good while um any questions this is we we've entered a little bit into new territory here from the original podcast episode so any questions on on this no no okay part or six maybe, maybe a question okay going get, back what's up at, what, at this point <laughs> what happened to the rakatan people are they still around or are they dead now or uh, uh great question so in this story the Dawn of the Jedi comics, the Rakatan actually attack Tython. So Zesh is like a whole part of it, like a Rakatan subplot to find Tython. They find them. The Jedi actually repel them and like wipe the floor with them eventually. Um, they are not completely destroyed, but this and the Sith defeat both kind of lead to the eventual end of the Rakatan Empire over time. So the Rakatans actually, be, so ironic, after doing all the stuff that they do, they their species alone gets hit with a virus that only affects their species that extremely limits their connection to the Force. <laughs> so, like, I don't... Maybe it's just karma. I don't know. But, like, after all that, they they get hit with this virus and they basically slowly begin to die out because they don't have their Force powers and they're not as strong without their Force powers. So... So eat but, your vitamins, kids. Yeah, eat your vitamins, <laughs> drink your milk. Don't become a Rakatan. All right. Part six, the first great schism. So there are four of these. Uh, we're only going to touch on two because it's only the two that really matter, but for this story. So the jet, the jet, well, they are the Jedi now. They're not the Jedi. The Jedi have now been settled on Ossus and they've been training for about a thousand years. 
they're very, again, kind of in the same way the Sith are. They're very uninterrupted. There's no contact to the outside world. They're just kind of doing their own like monk hermit thing on Ossus. But they have only they have they have shifted into this mentality that they're only using the light side of the force in the same way that the Jedi today that we know today are. So they they looked at the the force wars and they're like obviously embracing the dark completely is a really bad idea. So we're going to just the pendulum's going to swing the opposite way and we're only going to embrace the light. Uh they stayed isolated for a very long time, but during this period of time the republic was slowly beginning to like get hyperspace travel and kind of expand its borders out from the core. Eventually they land on Ossus uh, representatives from the Republic and the Republic are like, yo, these, these guys are pretty lit. Let's see if they want to join the Republic. And they, they join. And I put that in quotations because like they became a part of the Republic and said that they would be willing to help. But they were also like all the other times, just leave us alone. Like we'll, we'll be a part of the Republic if you need us. But really, we're not going to be involved until you ask us to be involved. Like we're still going to leave or live kind of a, a very secluded life from the rest of the galaxy as it expands. They do kind of go out and do stuff, do favors, solve conflicts and stuff, kind of like the, the modern Jedi Order. But it's not like it's nowhere near the they're the peacekeepers directly involved with the Senate. They're headquartered on Coruscant, you know, like all that stuff. It's very different at this point. All right, let's talk about Zendor. So in 24,500 BBY, Zendor becomes frustrated. Zendor is a Jedi Knight of the Jedi Order at this time. Um, and he believes that he, he's grown very frustrated and tired with the Jedi Order and believes that they have severely weakened themselves by only embracing the light side of the Force. He's like, yo we're not far enough removed that we've all forgotten the way we used to be. I mean, it's, it's a good long while, but they've still got records. He's like, yo, we, we need to get back to this because we're stronger. We're, we're more resilient. We're better rounded, well-rounded that way. Uh, and you're, you're, you're not doing the right thing now, essentially. So he petitions to the council in a peaceful way to leave Asus to start his own Jedi Academy. So he's like, if with your blessing, I'd love to go off on my own, start my own academy, and rekindle this focus of the Force as a very holistic entity rather than just the light. Jedi, the Jedi are like, nah, you're not doing that. That's not good. Because you do that, you're going to go into the dark side. We're going to have this whole thing over again. You're not doing that. So as a result, in his defiance of their decision, he just leaves. He's like, fine, you're not going to let me go. I'm just going to do it on my own. And in the process, he takes a young Jedi Knight named Arden Lynn with him, a female. Um, th these are the two people in the picture. If you're looking at the um, presentation, I'm actually really surprised that we have a depiction of these two, but we do. Uh, so Zindor... That, that guy looks like a customer that comes to my work. Awesome. Well, maybe maybe he is, Jeremiah. You should ask him what his name is. He's like, hey... Have, up, you Zendor? Been, have you ever been <laughs> referred to as Zendor? <laughs> so, yeah. So he's like, all right, you're not going to let me do it. I'm doing it on my own. I'm just going to do it. So he and this, this uh, other Jedi, Arden Lin, they go off. 
Eventually, they land on the planet Latau, uh, in which they start their own temple where uh, the whole focus is embracing the Force holistically. So it's continuing with the light, but it's like we're going to take the other half of the, the equation and, and start focusing on the dark too because we're, we're better rounded, more well-rounded that way. Um, so apparently this was really popular and a lot of people began leaving the order to go to this temple. Like a lot of people. How did so they much, find out about it? Like, well, so he apparently, his ideas were kind of popular at the time. Oh, okay. And then he left and everyone's like, I'm going to go too, I guess. Over time, uh, word began to spread kind of word of mouth and they all ended up there. It's so many people that be, they became known as the Legion of Latau. So it's enough people to be called a legion, which is it's a good. Is I mean, that's a good amount of people in my ten thousand is a legion, or is that a thousand? Is a legion? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, either way, it's a it's a good amount of people. Um. So yeah, many many more Jedi over time left the order uh, to come study the Force in its entirety. Of course, the the truth start of this conflict is unknown there are these conflicting sides where the jedi are like zendor started it because he was he wanted to wipe us out and then zendor's like actually the jedi started it because they felt threatened by me and what we were doing but basically zendor and the legion and the jedi enter a war it was it was pretty short uh but it was it was pretty it was pretty intense um so it it was said that it devastated multiple worlds in the process. It was very short, but it like went to different worlds, and it was very intense. But eventually, Zendor is killed, and Arden was left in a deep stasis. Uh, so in in the final battle, she was against the Jedi Master, and he put her in some sort of a stasis. And apparently, she stayed in this stasis for twenty four thousand years. So she was awoken during an, a, another great Jedi purge, like twenty four thousand years in the future. Jeez. Yeah. So talk about a nap. Yo, she's got like crust all around Ugh. her eyes, dude. It's nasty. Uh so <laughs> the, <laughs> eye crust when you wake up. It's a funny. Yeah. That's a weird thing. <laughs> so the reason Zendor was killed and this happened was because the Jedi actually pushed them back to Latau, and they actually again for the second time were like, hey, we need to put an end to this. We're going to follow them in and make sure they're dead. So even though they had embraced the light, they, they still weren't fully the Jedi Order we know. So that's how Zendor was killed. Arden was put in the stasis. Uh, and during the conflict, a remainder, uh, it's unknown, but some of them fled. The Legion of Latau fled into Republic, uh, beyond Republic space. Um with their lives so that's the first schism the first time post tython that the jedi order has experienced a riff in their ideologies and a conflict ensues fun it doesn't end with the sith but this is important because it's it it's signifying that there are differing ideologies within the order already and that people are already very quickly beginning to want to branch out and explore other aspects of the force. Any questions? No. 
Okay. All right, let's talk about the hundred years of darkness, shall we? Sure. It's a great, it's a great topic. So, part seven: the hundred years of darkness. All right, seven thousand BBY. Uh, so we've we've jumped quite a bit, but in seven thousand BBY, there was a group of Jedi on Ossus in the temple that they discovered, and really, not much is known about these Jedi, these initial Jedi. But they discovered that they could manipulate life using the Force, and they began creating terrifying predators on the planet that were ex- an extension of their will. So, something in the vein of dark side alchemy, mutating things, bad stuff going on. Uh, the the Greater Jedi Order, it's interesting because when I was reading about this section, they weren't immediately thrown out. The Jedi Order just like disapproved. They're like, "Hey, you got to stop doing that." So I guess that they they had enough grace after, you know, traveling after two different groups of people and killing them off. Maybe they were like, "This time we're gonna we're gonna give some grace," and they were like, "Hey, you probably shouldn't do that anymore." So they just the Greater Jedi Order disapproved of this, but this group of this small group of Jedi Knights petitioned. They're like, "Okay, let's let's talk about this. Do you want to join what we're doing?" <laughs> so they were like, we know that you don't approve of it, but do you want to join us? Do you want to come start doing this weird stuff with us? <laughs> I thought that was really interesting that it's like explicitly stated that they they asked them to join. So, I mean, good for them. Uh, the One of the articles that I read, because uh, I, I pulled from many different sources for this. One of them, of course, is Wikipedia. And the section of Wikipedia on this, it said the group petitioned for them to join them in their quest for eternal life and power. So I guess that they had gotten to the point where they were like, okay, if we can do this stuff to animals, I wonder if we can, you know, pull a Plagueis and try to cheat death. Uh, So eventually, disagreements lead to conflict, which is what you see in the top image here. Uh, Actual death and conflict. And the group was exiled, being led by Jedi Knights such as Ajunta Paul, Zhao Zan, and Karnas Mur. Now, the other two names aren't as important, but Ajunta Paul might be a name that many people have heard before if you're into the EU uh, and might be a pretty big signifier as to where this is going in the end. But for now, we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it there. So the, the, the picture on the bottom is Ajunta Paul, by the way. That's the Jedi, Ajunta Paul, which is now a dark Jedi. So they're exiled, and uh, Is this that triceratops. Yeah, That's what it looks like. I was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so this is also a period where there's very few images, uh, very few images about this stuff. Like, I, it's not even really confirmed if they had force sabers at all or lightsabers at all. These are just artist depictions Ooh. that you come up with if you Google hundred years of darkness." Star Wars. I I was just trying to make things interesting. Uh, I saw this picture of the Triceratops used in a YouTube video, and I liked it because it goes into the theme of what we're about to talk about. So I was like, I'll just use it for this. Uh, So their exile led to a war that lasted 100 years, commonly referred to as the Hundred Years of Darkness. Uh, Here's where the Triceratops comes in. The Dark Jedi used their powers to raise an animalist army of dark side abominations to fight Mm -hmm. for them. 
So they were smaller in number than the greater order. So they were like, okay, well, fine. Here's a bunch of monsters. Boom. There you go. We, this is how we'll do this thing. Can you just imagine if like that happens in the, the Jedi Order movie that we get? Like we just see these cr- this crazy stuff, like this like create dinosaurs and like. I, I really I wish it would. I, I, this is so they're they're now you know again disney is kind of stepping into territory that has been very well established by the eu and i'm 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 excited and also very hesitant so because there's so much obviously like there's so much yeah in the eu concerning the origins of the jedi and the sith and all that stuff but like yeah i'm kind of hoping that that Jedi Origins movie is a trilogy. That way they can flesh out a lot more yeah. stuff. That'd yeah. be cool. But Yeah, this is... I, there, one of the things that people say about the EU is how like confusing and convoluted it is, and I'll give it to them. Like, it is. <laughs> but this is one of the periods that's pretty well established. Like, this is one of the ones that's like... There's, there's a, a pretty agreed-upon historical record and flow of time in this history that right. people all agree on. So anyways, so they, they got big dinosaurs with big horns and lasers, freaking lasers on their head. And uh, yeah, so they entered this war that lasted 100 years. Uh, even though they raised the abominations, they can, they were consistently pushed back by the Jedi order. It was very clear that at every point, even though they would win some, the Jedi were always stronger. They always seemed to repel them backwards. Uh, during the second half of the war, uh, we're going to talk about this in just a second. During the second half of the war, on the verge of ultimate defeat, the Dark Jedi got together. They pulled their combined powers together to create some of the most, like, they they had the dangerous, like, dark side beast before. And they're like, okay, we need to level that up because we're about to lose. So they created even more dangerous, like extremely vile dark side creatures, one of them being the Leviathan. <laughs> it was like he had that was ready for him. I'm not gonna lie, the timing for that yeah. one that was that was really good. Uh so the Leviathan. We got a picture of one. There's actually multiple images of these things, which is very strange. To me, it looks like a T-Rex. It's like a T-Rex, but it's got a bunch of different tentacles and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so this was their like main weapon. The reason that these were so dangerous is because the the Leviathan could suck the life essence straight out of someone. Kind of like Palpatine. Ray. Yeah. yeah. But like really <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but anyways it was very quick very dangerous because they wouldn't even have to really touch you they could just get close you know what i'm saying they put a little straw in anyways uh the the really disgusting thing though was that it's very widely said that they would store the energy in blister traps on their backs so they had these like pustule things that the life force would just kind of sit in there's even a there's even an image if you google the Leviathan and the Sith and Jedi. There's even an image of a Jedi on the back of one of these things, like Trying hopping to pop one it. with a lightsaber, and the the the, the, the life energy is like leaving it. It's really nasty. I'm sure that Jedi would really like Doctor <laughs> Yeah, probably not. But yeah, so they had these things, and they 
they were terrifying on the battlefield. Uh, but even though it helped, <laughs> uh, they still were defeated. Uh, so, uh, this led to a small change in the tide of the war, but the Dark Jedi were ultimately pushed back and defeated. The defeat came in the final battle on the planet of Corbos and was a result of infighting among the Dark Jedi, but also bombardment by the Jedi and the Republic. So the Republic had come in towards the end of the Hundred Years of Darkness because they were tired of it and tired of dealing with it. And they obviously allied themselves with the Jedi and they they beat the Dark Jedi. Any questions? No. Okay. We're entering the, the final part. This is where everything starts to come together. The final countdown. Just take out your guitar right now and just play that. No. <laughs> All right. Part eight. The Exile and the Sith. Dun, dun, dun. That's supposed to say war ends. War begins. I don't know. I think that was uh, that was uh, an artifact for me copying and pasting one of the slides, so my apologies. But it's supposed to say war ends. Um, so, utterly defeated at the mercy of the Jedi and the Republic, the dark Jedi that were still alive wait, await their consequences. So it's also worth noting that the original three Jedi that I mentioned before, one of them being Ajunta Paul, they're still alive. They're still a part of these, these dark Jedis. Uh, members of the Republic pretty widely wanted them to be publicly executed because of the hundred, you know, the whole hundred years of, of war thing. Uh, but the Jedi Order were inclined to banish them uh, or exile them into the unknown regions, which at this point was pretty much the whole outer rim. They like they hadn't really gotten out that far. So when I say the unknown regions, it's not the same unknown regions where the ascendancy is and all that stuff kind of to the west of the core. It's kind of the whole the whole galaxy at this point past the mid some parts of the mid rim. Um they hoped the Jedi hoped that over time the dark Jedi would come to see the error of their ways and change. Um and they were now kind of widely referred to instead of the dark Jedi as a group collectively as the exiles. Uh, so, th but mind you, this is the second, what would be referred to as the second Great Schism. But the Hundred Years of Darkness is a much cooler name than the second Great Schism. So that's what I went with for this. Um, in 1600 uh, BBY, they are herded onto this ship. It's an unarmed transport ship. There are no weapons, no armor, no nothing. The exiles are put on the, put on the ship. And they set off, I'm pretty sure they just picked a direction towards the Unknown Regions, set off. They were led by a fighter escort uh, until the edge of Republic space, and then they left and they just kind of let them drift. They just let them go. Well, uh, it just so happens that in later that year in 6900 BBY, these exiles landed on none other than Korriban. Interesting. So this is where the two histories converge into one. Uh, any questions before we keep going? No. 
Okay, no? so we've got this whole thing that happened with the Sith species up until that one dude. I forget his name, but he'll come up again. The the one ruler that was like wasn't as good as Addis, but he was kind of was. We got to that point. Now we went all the way back to the birth of the Jedi. We've gone through two great schisms, and now we're finally converging at the same point in history. From exiles to gods. So, the exiles arrive on Korriban, and we're almost immediately regarded as gods among the Sith species. There we go. Hakagram Grosh. That's, that was his name. That was the name I was trying to remember that I'll never be able to remember if I'm not reading it. Uh, he basically invites them in to Sith society, uh, which ultimately would prove to be his downfall. But the Sith species saw them, saw their technology, and saw their mastery of the Force. And they were like, yo, these, these guys are crazy cool. So basically they became their gods um, on a small scale. However, soon after inviting them in, uh, along with what would be known as Grosh's shadow hand, which was the, the term referred to as kind of the second in command underneath a Sith Lord, along with the shadow hand, the Dark Jedi overthrew him, killed him, overthrew him, and claimed the world for their own. So the exiles get to Korriban and they're like, we're just going to take it. We're just going to be our, our thing. It's rich in the, the dark side of the force. Might as well. So they overthrow him and become the rulers of the Sith species. Uh, Ajunta Paul, who is depicted in the lower image, becomes, because he was the strongest of the exiles, the leader of the exiles, he becomes the very first dark lord of the sith so for that's why i mentioned earlier uh, if people recognized his name for being the first dark lord of the sith they would probably kind of be able to see where this is going at the end um but he becomes the very first dark lord of the sith and along with that establishes what is referred to as the classic sith empire and subsequently the order of the dark lords Uh, so some of the exiles, after they took over, grew discontent. They were like, yeah, uh, we, could, we could rule the Sith, but we still have a pretty big grudge against the Republic and the Jedi. So instead of staying and being content and ruling, uh, they were discontent with that and decided to return to Republic space and attack the Jedi against Ajunta Paul's wishes, which is... Super smart move, I'm sure. Except for they were defeated. So they they thought that like, oh yeah, you know, we've learned all this new stuff from the Sith species. We've got new weapons, we've got new abilities. We're gonna get back and we're gonna be stronger, and we're gonna we're gonna stick it to them. Well, they don't, and they're defeated. And the, one of the things that happened with this that was not good for the Sith is that. Uh, it's also worth mentioning before I move on that they also took Masasi warriors, some of the Sith warriors with them. They're all dead. They they didn't make it. So their actions alerted the Jedi and the Republic that uh, to the fact that the Dark Jedi were still out there, the Exiles were still out there, and alerted them, them to the idea of the Sith and the Sith space kind of outside the known regions of the galaxy. So while they couldn't track them, it was one of those things where they were like, might need to keep this in mind for later because this is probably going to happen again. So little red flags are popping up everywhere. But in time, 
the the term Sith, this is where the term Sith becomes synonymous with both the species and the exiles because primarily because of inbreeding. So it happened over many years, but the exiles breed with the Sith species and after a good period of time there it's just kind of this gray area where Sith can refer historically to the species but it also refers to this new empire that they're building with these exiles together. So, so if, these exiles, they're all humans, or are they mostly? Like a, yeah, I mostly. think they were they were mostly human. Yeah, but there were other species. I, I guess. Oh, wait. I did, I was just told that there was inbreeding. Sith are humanoid enough that I figured it would work. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that. That's as as much as I'd love for there to be this big buildup. That's how the Sith became synonymous with both. So now this is the first time when someone references the Sith, they're like, "You talking about the people, or are you talking about the whole empire thing?" Uh, but in in the the development of the Sith species over time, uh, they the Dark Jedi greatly advanced the cultural development of the Sith, helping them grow from the more tribal species that they were to something that is very much more civilized now and more refined, if you will. Uh, I thought this was interesting. At his death, a great temple was constructed for Ajunta Paul, becoming the first on Korriban in the Valley of the Dark Lords, which, if you remember, is a setting for both Knights of the Old Republic and the Darth Bane trilogy. It becomes a it becomes a very central point for the expanding universe uh, Sith Empire for many, many years in many, many different occasions uh, because it's where they will all go to rest in one point. Like Bane has a tomb there. Revan. I don't know. No, Bane doesn't. Revan does. My apologies. Revan for sure does. Exar Kun. A, a lot of the other like big Sith heavy hitters have. Where where did Yoda go in Clone Wars when he saw Dar- So I think he goes to the Valley of the Dark Lords. Okay. So that, that's on So Korriban. I think in the Clone I think they say they might say Moribon in Clone Wars, but it's the same thing. Okay. But okay. he goes to—I'm pretty sure he goes to Darth Bane's tomb. Okay, I'd have to—I'd have to relook again, but it's definitely Darth Bane's tomb. Cool. And I really don't like the depiction they had of him, but it is—it is what it is. You know, you can't win them all. Uh, and of course, through this, over the time, over time, the title of Dark Lord, which we know today, would become uh, representation of the ruler of the the Sith Empire, the classic Sith Empire. So there was only one Dark Lord at this point in Sith history. Um, of course, each Dark Lord, with each Dark Lord came drastic reorganizations of the Sith, different end goals, different things that they aspire to. But of course, over the course of history and over the course of time, their lust for power and their desire to destroy the Jedi remain the same. So, there you go. That's the origin of the Sith, the Sith Empire. Cool. Any questions? I thought that was really cool how the the two stories combined I yeah. got it. i was in yeah 
I wasn't guessing that. I was like, why are you talking about the Jedi? Like, how does this like matter? Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. I, yeah. I had a point. I promise. So, but that's, that's cool. I didn't realize that because I knew about the whole Sith species thing. Yeah. And I just, I guess I just never knew. I figured, okay, more people came and just joined them and joined the, their Sith practices. Yeah. And they just kind of molded into the one thing, but I didn't realize it was former Jedi basically that came and yeah. turned to the dark side. And then that's cool. Yeah, it was, it, that's, that's really what made it so challenging to, um, challenging to research because like there, so, so many of the sources would be like, they would start with the Jedi exile. They would be like in 6,900 BBY, these people should, I'm like, yo, th- what? Like, you don't just, you don't just get there. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, they didn't just decide to to get up one day and go to Corban, you know? So it's like either they would include that and not include the rest of everything, or it it was always one part of the story or the other. So I had to watch like four or five different YouTube history videos, one of which was a a history of the Sith species by itself, you know, looking through Wikipedia articles and stuff like that. So like it's, it's very interesting to me how it all came together. Um, and then, of course, from here, it becomes even more like complicated. Even though the Sith are established, then you have all of these like reformations among the Sith. They get defeated and driven out of Korriban. They come back and take Korriban. You know, all the way up to Darth Bane, which we know is the endpoint in the expanding universe for the for the Sith Empire because he he destroys them all creates the rule of two but that's but still the finger like, twitch though or whatever it was right yeah so it's still it, the rule of yeah still, so it still didn't end. <laughs> well and it's so it's interesting so I, I was watching a video on the rise of skywalker and someone interpreted palpatine saying i am all the sith to say that every Sith, every Sith master, when they were killed by their apprentice, their essence would then overtake their apprentices. So they were essentially building up an apprentice to be as strong as they could to basically inhabit them the way Palpatine wanted to with Rey. So that that that's one of the reasons why the rule of yeah yeah. So obviously that's not confirmed, but that would also explain Bane and Xana. Mm-hmm. having that twitch you know and like it would explain why the rule of two was so effective and would explain also why palpatine was so powerful and why he said i'm all the sith but obviously that's yeah we have no way of prov- proving that that's like, just speculation I, I, but i want to i wonder like i want to know more about the i don't know i forgot what they call them the the crowd in episode nine, oh, they're, yeah. they're watching. Like, I forgot they, like, who are they like in relation to the Sith? Are they just like a? It's supposedly a cult. A cult. Like, like I to... wonder if it's been around for thousands and thousands of years, or like, I wonder so like where in, that came from. In the from. EU, in the EU, there are other dark side groups, none as powerful as the Sith, but there are many 
groups and also there are certain species that like will directly serve the sith because of their admiration for them so there are dark side cults so to speak but i mean obviously we don't know anything about the ones in canon um but yeah so i again there's thousands of years of more history that leads us through to to Revan and Bane and Exar Kun, who eventually comes back post Return of the Jedi, or is it Freed and Nad? I don't remember. One of them has one of their spirits comes back and corrupts the student in Luke's Jedi Temple post Return of the Jedi. Like it's all it's all connected. Um mm. so yeah. It was just a lot. And I was like, this is a good spot. We've we've established the Sith Empire. There you go. There's the origin of the Sith as we know it. So right. Anyways, that's cool. Thank you for the presentation. Yeah, yeah, of course. I feel like this is like the episode you with Angie that I'm gonna like remember the most. <laughs> Why is that? I'm curious. I don't. Know, I think it's just it was just more like a simple like story that I could follow. Ah, whereas like other ones are kind of a lot of just like information and yeah stuff this one's like this is like a story of origins which kind of helped me well remember if if anybody if if anybody is interested in continuing from here and kind of tracing the sith through their history to i guess maybe darth bane it would it would be kind of pointless to follow after bane because there's nothing really there I mean, there, there, are, there are, there are a, like a, a, a very small handful of Sith lords that are mentioned in the Rule of Two, but it's like Bane and Xana, and then it completely drops off. There's a few more names, and then it's like Tenebrous and Plagueis, and then Palpatine. So, mm. but it, it l- let us know in the comments. Send us a voicemail. Let us know on Discord if you want more of the Sith history. It's possible to take everything that we have and and put it into another another like part two up until Darth Bane. Fun. I just need to, I would just need to know. There's another one, I think what in December, November, December that we would have a, a, an opportunity to do. November would be the first, like, yeah, because we'll, so we will, we should say the next time Andrew's on first week in August, we'll be, we'll be discussing the, the Imperial era Thrawn trilogy. Which I've started rereading, by the way. Right, and I just bought the audio book for Treason last night, so mm. I have a month. Hopefully I can get through them all. Put on one point two speed, dude. Oh, I'm I'm just I'm reading them. Oh, I don't reading have it? Can you I don't read? have one point I don't have one point two speed read. Unfortunately, I didn't get that upgrade. So <laughs> yeah, the force. Yeah, but yeah. So then that, but then or, after. You could also maybe drink some coffee. That could help push you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That would be helpful. Yeah. Yep. So, Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea is our sponsor, (laughs) as always. The way that we had that segue planned for way earlier, and I I completely forgot it. Right in the middle of my thought (laughs) that I was trying to explain, and then I have to do it. But Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea, they're sponsored. So, if you like coffee or tea, take a listen to this. Hey everyone, Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor of today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. 
The awesome thing is that whether you live in the Twin Cities or not, you can get their coffee beans delivered straight to your door by ordering them online. They even have a subscription service that ensures you never run out of amazing coffee. If you've been looking for some new coffee to try or a way to elevate your normal coffee routine, now's your chance. Head over to wesleyandrews.cc, use the code Empire Radio. that's with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, to get 15% off your first purchase of any bags of coffee or a coffee subscription. I can't think of a better deal. Get 15% off some great coffee, support a small business, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. Do it. Do it. All right, but as I was saying, (laughs) after the Thrawn Trilogy discussion, first weekend, August, Andrew will be here for Ahsoka breakdowns, which would just be that first week in September and first week in October. So... Yep, we love him to be here for every episode, but he'll just be here for two. And then after that, November, then we'll, we could probably do another EU with Andrew. And then who knows what we'll be doing after yeah, that? Yeah, but let me know. I know uh, another topic that we have discussed in the past is uh, basically Luke, like EU Luke and his journey. Uh, through the down for that expanding universe uh that's a a massive massive informational undertaking because we're talking like 20 probably 30 different novels if not more uh so yeah four months to prepare i was gonna say well (laughs) my request for everyone listening is i need to know if you want more sith or eu luke so let us know in discord let us know in the comments on youtube let us know in a voicemail, anywhere you can let us know, let us know so that I can begin planning because if it's EU Luke, I might need four months <laughs> to finish that because uh, there's there's so many books from that include him in the story that I haven't read. That might have to be like part one, part two, like November, December. Yeah. Two episodes. We, I mean, I mean, we it might be easier to do it that way. Um, yeah. Also, but who knows? Uh, there might Jeremiah be a YouTube could also video. Put a poll on I Spotify. Be, I can oh, yeah, polls too. Yeah, do that. To see if they want what they want. So, fill out that poll if you're just listening. Yeah, everyone. The Grand Admiral has has arrived. The oh man, Cheeto. Yeah, come here. Come here. Yep. There he is. There he is. For those yep. of you. Not watching the video or the stream, my cat Cheeto has made an appearance. Yep, and if you want to know what he looks like, live action Garfield, but a lot less fat. Yeah, <laughs> and droopy ears. Does does Cheeto? Yeah, he's a like he's lasagna? a Scottish fold. Uh no, but he loves cheese. D- does he sleep all day? He sleeps a lot. Uh, that's pretty close. Yeah, he to sleeps. He sleeps a lot, but he's uh he's got a very strict biological clock. Like he's very consistent when he sleeps and when he wants attention. So when you move to the other side of the country, did he was he that mess up his sleeping schedule? Crazy. Oh, it it messed up everything because <laughs> uh, I've actually got a I've actually got a vlog. He's rolling over. He's like rolling around like a little caterpillar. I can't. It, I'll, I'll be there in just a second. Um, <laughs> but um, 
when we I, I actually vlogged the our move. It's on my YouTube channel, and there's a oh, there's a scene. I huh? watch that. Yeah, it's one of my moving to LA vlogs, or the only one that I did. But there's a there's a shot of him. We had a layover, and of course we carried him on the plane. You know, uh, put him under the seat and everything. He did really well in the plane. Like when he realizes he's there and like he can't do anything, he's like super chill. But in the in the terminals, like during the layovers, he has no idea what's going on. So there's a shot of him like outside of his kennel, like walking around trying to sniff stuff and everything. And then, in the airport, yeah, you can do that. Well, I mean, we didn't let him like roam. It was like a it's like a five foot semicircle radius. We were up against the wall by the oh, window. I was like and, one hop, skip, <laughs> jump, and he's gone. In the well, we had him on a leash. We have a little oh. harness for him and everything, oh, but. Okay. So when he got here, he was like, he, he had to reset everything. But now, now he's in a really strict schedule. So I had a friend that worked at the airport for like TSA or whatever. Not TSA, the gate person. And someone, he said one time someone brought a support animal and it was a goose. Yeah. <laughs> what a freaking legend. There's, a, there's a, yeah. a wide range of animals that you can just Google and see what people brought on a plane. That's yeah. amazing. All right. Well, sick. That's Speaking you with Andrew. Uses. Yep. We have one last segment, everyone's favorite segment. Yes. Voicemail time. It's voicemail time. Every time. Yep. Yep. The heavenly chorus of angels. That is Drew's voice. <laughs> You're welcome. So we have one voicemail tonight. Hey, streak's not broken. From our good and faithful friend, Will. Will. Oh. Hey. So let's take a listen. So a little birdie told me that nobody sent in a voicemail for this week. <laughs> and I just have one thing to say. And that is, what do we say to the God of Death? Not Today. <laughs> so, thanks, All Will. Right. I told people in the Discord like an hour before we started, like, hey, someone needs to send this in or we're losing our streak. I try, I, I do it very, like, normally very, like, I don't know if passive aggressively is the correct phrase. Probably. But, like, in the morning of a live stream, I post a thumbnail of what we're doing. Yeah. And if I say, hey, Live stream tonight at 8 p.m. If I put, don't forget to send in your voicemails, that means we don't have any yet. And no one sent one in. I was like, this is, and I feel bad. Like, should, is this like a a failure of like the streak technically? Because I told someone like. The cheat no. code. Doesn't matter. Because I got, like, I feel like I should not, if I didn't do that, it would be over. So no, like, it doesn't matter. We, a, we got one. It doesn't matter. Okay. We got one. It, we but, got one. But now I'm, you guys know I'm, in the Discord, if I say it. make sure you send in your voicemails 12 hours before we record. <laughs> do it. Please do it. <laughs> but we're still strong for a year and a half or two and a half years, I should say. I was going to say, yeah. what? Two Thanks, and a half. Two and a half years. Thanks for coming in clutch. Yep. But not today. You, he, we, we, the streak is still alive, like he said. So... But if you want to send in a voicemail, yeah, please do so. And if you want to know how, there is a link in the description. Links.co slash Empire Radio. Links spelled with two eyes. 
and there's a little thing you can click on. It says send a voicemail, and it'll bring you to the voicemail page, and you can send a up to 60-second long voicemail. And we'd love yep. to hear from you. If you've never sent one in, just do it. I guess now's fun. the time. Now's, now's the, time. the time. And like some of some of our our most vibrant and memorable discussions on this podcast have come from voicemail prompts. Yeah. True. So just ask us a random question. Preferably, Especially if it's controversial. Yeah, preferably something not Star Wars because sometimes yeah. it's fun to stretch our legs and talk about other stuff. Yeah. But like, yeah. Like, and like melons. Like a month ago, I was like, sent out the call for singing voicemails because Will sent in our first ever singing voice. No one sent one in. So we yeah. got some singers out there sending a singing voicemail. That'll be fun. But yeah. But also, if you want to get connected in that same link, links for Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. I got our fan email. We got the VCU Illustration Project. So remember, we only got two more left. So get that done. Just get it done. Um, there's a link for needlessynerdy.com, which is an entertainment network that we're a part of. So if you like nerdy content, apart from Star Wars, go check that out. There's podcasts and articles and all kinds of stuff over there. So check that out. Um, and I think that's everything. Come so, to EmpireCon. Come to EmpireCon. We got, by the time this is, I got to put all these slides on this thing so i gotta like it's gonna take me a little while to edit but at least i know the the like six hours i put into this was not in vain right so sick once this comes up there'll be about like a little over a week left to sign up for empire con so please do come it. to empire con by doing so you have to go through the discord to do that so join the discord and you get to sign up in there and so it'll be really fun yeah yeah if you want to play some board games against me, that'd be fun. Uh, are you bringing your Yu-Gi-Oh deck? I don't own Yu-Gi-Oh. Judy, what about Yu-Gi-Oh? your Pokemon cards? I have Pokemon cards in storage. I I have never played the Pokemon card game. Mm. So I, I played Yu-Gi-Oh a lot. I never played Pokemon, but I played Yu-Gi-Oh a lot when I was a kid. What about Digimon? Ah uh, no, digital monster. Yeah, that song. Yeah, I like Digimon, um, but I never really played it. They had a um, they recently came out with like a Tamagotchi that was like a Digimon themed <laughs> Tamagotchi thing. I was like, that's a good idea. So, oh, they're coming out. Speaking of Pokemon, they're coming out with a sleep app called huh? Pokemon Sleep. Yeah, it's a sleep tracker for your sleep health. And okay. you fill out your Pokedex through different sleep styles. Yeah. My wife sent that to me, and I was like, that's that's freaking genius. And I'm going to get it, because Drew it. and I still play Pokemon Go. Can you, yeah. Can you play... Literally all the time. Can you play Jigglypuff singing to so help you sleep? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if they don't put that in there as an option just to put, like, put on repeat, then... They have failed. I want to know how Drew ended up with a freaking shiny Shadow Mewtwo. Uh, you want you want to hear this story? This has nothing to do with Star Wars at all. But your boy has four of them. Stop. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry. If it if if it wasn't like two hundred thousand Stardust to make that trade, I would ask you. I, sorry, to I trade. had three of them. My bad. But I got all three oh. of them in a oh, row. Terrible. It's not even worth talking. <laughs> all the way three that I, in a row. I still like, don't even have a Mewtwo. But. I should count all my Mewtwo's. Bruh. The flex. 
Well, anyways. Uh, one, two, three, four. There's your Pokemon five, content six, for the seven, podcast. Eight, nine. I have nine Mewtwo's. I don't even have one. <laughs> Dang, dude. You got to move back to the mall, man. Those are oh, all yeah. animal wave that's, catches. Yeah. I would imagine that's pretty intense. Yeah. All right, Jeremiah. I'm assuming you're talking about Pokemon Go. Yeah, yes. you should start playing. If 100 people show up to EmpireCon, you should start playing Pokemon Go. But he would have to buy a phone. <laughs> yeah, you just or an iPad. Uh, just walk around like no. all those. The so, Google Pixel tablet just is uh, coming I, out. I, oh, I'm, I'm good. Okay. I, mean, I can't do that. The best thing is when like it's a big event and it's everyone fun. goes to the mall and they carry like two phones or like an ipad yo they just walk around the mall yeah and dude like are you doing a battery bank and are you doing the uh go fest remote thing uh i do it every year so probably yeah i think we're gonna do it mckay and i are gonna do it too so yeah i always give mckay gifts every day pretty much yeah we and appreciate it <laughs> So anyways, Empire Radio, a Pokemon Go podcast, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremiah. We you just want to derail that. Hey, Come we, to hey. Empire Con. We can add each other. There you go. Yep. Is there a way to like put one of your Mewtwo's like in the party room so if people wanted to get they could capture it instead? No. No. No, no but I would if, I, if, if that was an option, it. you would come. For that <laughs> no, if, if I knew if I knew that it wasn't going to cost me the rest of the year's worth of Stardust, I would ask Drew to trade me one. But I, we also it, have to be best friends in order to trade a legendary Pokemon. Like we have to have our our heart level all the way maxed. We're getting out. there. We're getting there, but it's we not. It's but not I'm close. pretty sure <laughs> I have more heart level with your wife because she opens my boxes more than. You. <laughs> I think you send her more gifts than you send me. Because you don't open them. I, I, no, I think, I, yes, I, think I do. Drew, I think Drew gives more gifts to your wife than you do. <laughs> no, 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 no. My wife and I are best friends. Actually, we, we are look, all, we're at the we same are, level. Never mind. We are on that. You're good. So, anyway. So what's nice is that my house is a gym. So, Wait, I, what? Yeah. Like, the, the building behind my house is like a sh- grocery store or it was in the yeah. 50s yeah. so like it's like a landmark and so yeah. it's a gym and it's literally like right now i can hit a gym yeah so we nice. have two across the street from us for oh, the hotel cool. yeah so yeah right yeah jeremiah you seem very interested in I this conversation no i love on. i love how we just went off like we really <laughs> went off on a tangent right now that's true. So, How do we even go on that tangent? Uh, Didn't you just bring up Mewtwo or something? No, Pokemon, no uh, it, we were talking about and Pokemon cards and, and then Pokemon Sleep. Oh. And then Pokemon Go, yeah. I just sent you a gift. Open it. All right, hold on. All right, here. Open it live. Uh, an unboxing right here on, here you go. on Empire let's Radio. I, let's see what I get. Hold on. Phone's out, everyone. That it's isn't a, watching. It's a ratatata. Or, no. Well, you don't you actually get Pokemon. Yeah. It's just... Well, you kind of, you get eggs. Let's see what I get. What is it? What is it? You get... I don't know. What is it? A sticker, sticker, five Pokeballs, one Max Potion, some Stardust. Uh, That was kind of... That was kind of whack. That was, uh, yeah. 
That was that was not as exciting as I was hoping it was going to be. Now I'm going right. to send one back to Drew now. Here we uh, go. Here we go. Now he, now he has to open that. There it goes. Here. There it goes. All right, show the camera, Drew. Mr. Mm-hmm. I've got four freaking Mewtwo's. God, or nine or whatever you said. I have nine. <laughs> God. All right, awkward silence. All right. Well, I had to wait. It said he received five items. Oh, you can't really see it. Oh. Your ring light is too. Yo, it's popping off right now too with me. Yo, I'll tell you one thing though. The people, Ooh, freaking Valor, nice. Valor, t- Ooh, Team Valor out. here are all over the gyms here. Like I, I literally can't get one of my Pokemon to stay in a gym more than like six hours. Wait, what, what are you? Yellow? Mystic. No, Which the blue one. Blue. Jeremiah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> This is going to turn into a completely different podcast. Anyways. This is after. If you guys don't know, this is what happens a lot on Twitch after the recording. So Yeah. Yep. This time it just happens to be in the recording, which yep. I feel like Jeremiah might just end up cutting out it entirely. No, I got I to. No, that's too much work. Do it for the tubes, you know. <laughs> uh, All right. But yes. Thank you, Andrew, for your presentation tonight. Like I said, it was a very good Almost. one. I'm going to remember this. The details from this one so that's cool sweet uh so next week we'll have another episode just drew and i yeah. something that we were going to have a few weeks ago but drew ran his power went out and we weren't able to <laughs> do it yeah. so we'll be doing that one and then i think pretty soon here we're, we're going to get an ahsoka trailer so Are that we might already supposed to get some new footage you're supposed to this weekend yeah but because of twitter yeah they See, this is it. why Elon is not in a good. Wait, what? It's yeah, because the new Twitter re- regulations, like people weren't going to be able to like do things on Twitter unless you pay or something like that, so they weren't going to like release stuff. Yeah, but, Twitter like kind of broke for a bit, and they're like, "All right, we're not going to release it," which is so dumb because it's like, who's who is watching? Who yeah, who cares? Trailers on Twitter primarily. Yeah. Well, funny thing, <laughs> a lot of times Will will when something drops. He'll post a link to Twitter where he saw something. So, oh, will oh, apparently. I normally so. get notifications from YouTube because yeah, I have too. notifications for Star Wars turned on. So. Yeah, but <laughs> anyways, but weird. Maybe it could be next week too. So who knows when this is so? Yeah. I think there's gonna be an official trailer, but who knows? Oh, also go watch Indiana Jones. The new one slaps, bro. Really? I heard, I heard I it was the it. worst. It was really bad. I heard really? it was the worst Harrison Ford movie of all time. Yeah, like, I terrible. Disagree. Don't ever I watch disagree. it. It's way better than the 80 year old guy who's supposed to be an action star, like, CGIing him walking. No, but it's, it's defect and it looks so good. I'm right. not even oh, kidding you. Guys. I thought it was like. But... After, after the original three, I have no interest in Indiana Jones. What would the Shia LaBeouf one? <laughs> I well, have no that, interest that, in India. Okay, this one's way better than that one. I'll say that. That one was rough. I have only seen the original three, so I don't even know what. Because there's it's it's rough. Is okay, it just that know. one and this one, or is there yeah, this is the third one it. since? They get yeah, this, this is the, this is the this fifth is one. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. It's like I'm the same way with. Uh, I also Mission watched Impossible. it with my dad though, so it's kind of like oh old thing they should yeah, just I'm, be calling a mission possible because he does it every time like yeah 
<laughs> it's yeah. not impossible. You can do it every one. It's like hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. Get out. Oh, oh okay. well, wrong button. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> All right, we keep babbling on, but that's everything. So you have been listening to another EU Tastic episode of Empire Radio. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Andrew. I'm Drew. And may the force be with you. Always. Needlessly Nerdy, your source for all things nerdy. www.needlesslynerdy.com. Thank <laughs> you.